Whatever you've heard about a revolution before, when it was told to you, I'm sure it was spoken as a kind of cautionary tale, are fully emphasised. Us prideful children of Alamire, who in our hubris refused the world's ways and were brought low by it. And in those tellings, our revolution suffers most of all, smothered in the pay of those that didn't and don't know it. Look at them, freed their master's tyranny, still bound by their lies. Stories are never simple though. The rupture that grew between us and the Lodge, it were not fated, it were not destiny. It never should have happened. Though most of us would try and rebuild our homes in the city it grew against, many would find their place amongst the goals, capillaries, the spirits and the weavers naturally, but so too those that lived uneasy on their old streets. In truth, the halls of the lodge became something like a utopia for them. The untold layers of our cities held back other, now found common purpose. Years of dreaming, hoping, hiding, gone. And now together they could build a future with unguarded reverie. If not else, our revolution won that. But for those of us who fought for streets familiar to our tread, whose simple dream had been to be and to have a voice in our being, to lift one another up from that drowning royal of debt and deed, to give each a life less burdened and to share toil equally between all. For those of us who wanted more than all, to no longer hold our joy close and furtive, but to let everyone cry their own jubilant song. For those of us for whom embrace were our belonging, the revolution would win only ashes. Now there's a version of all of this where the Ginnels and the Gaul grew together in bright parallel, but we'd welcomed jackals and wolves into our midst, and no sooner had we begun to taste those first clean breaths of victory, they turned to devour. Box of Dane, Zanaris Crow, Nia Nim Gorse. They'd fill the air with blood and with smoke. Their treachery had already claimed Borlef and Cerevoma. They came for us next. There are those who rightly call the Lodge a sanctuary and an home. But I will never step foot in its halls again. For me, that place is naught but the tomb where our revolution were buried. Welcome to these Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Ryan Evans. Hi, I'm Ryan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Elizabeth Simones. Hi, I'm Ziz. You can find me on Twitter at ZizMakesGames. Beck Mihalik. Hi, I'm Beck. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore Mihalik. Steve Martin. Hello, I'm Steve, and I'm on Twitter at Purple underscore Steve. And Thryn Henderson. Hello, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Thryn. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can find me on Twitter at, at T Dixon. 
And you can find the show and everything we do on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. You can find our website at flimsyrituals.com. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash these flimsy rituals. Today we are going to be continuing, finishing our game of Blades in the Dark by John Harper. As always, all of the music in this series is from Kaya Engel Satin. It's not really true anymore, but we're just going to pretend it is. Everything's by Kai Hengel, though, right, friend? Yes, one track is from a different album. Okay, so today we're going to hone in on everything that's been happening at Winter's Lodge. So I think we open today in that central room of the Winter's Lodge, the place where the gall has grown and spread outwards. This courtyard, this cloister that has now been filled with these glowing labyrinthine roots. I think we open seeing this like fairly dark space, lit only by this glowing, no real other light here. And we can see glimpses of the people who are in this room. There is Nia in one corner, probably somewhere near to Crick, who is crouched down and seems to be in some kind of pain. Nia's focus isn't on Crick, though, it's on Altara, who seems to be held in place in some strange way. I think Altara's probably stood near the last few rem remaining soldiers of her group, the Dawn's Own. And around them, I think, are, are some of the fallen bodies of both the Dawn's Own and the members of Nia's group, the Trusted. At the other end of the room, sort of towards one of the sets of arches that line this four-sided cloister, we see Ash and Galena, who have just appeared in a doorway. And we see them talking for a while, Ash and Nia and Oaken. And then we see Galena raise a pistol. And there's suddenly this bright light that fills the place as this arc of spirit, all bismuth-tinned, lashes out and hits Oaken. Oaken, in all of the time since you and Flint went to Elif and slayed the Remnant Relict, in all of the time afterwards, as you travelled in this new state, wrapped in this strange destiny, slipping in and out of time, have you ever been killed? Have you ever been close to death? No. Never. I think I've been very shielded. Mm. Death is something very, very far away for me. Like, we've seen you fight some stuff, but you've usually done fairly well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have, you know, and I'm the untouchable hero. Mm. The untouchable hero with, like, a natural death so far away. It's almost might as well not be there kind of thing. Yeah. And does it surprise you when this shot hits you? Are you expecting it? Do you want it? I think maybe there's the idea of, like, rest at last, you know? Hmm. 
a different kind of rest. <laughs> yeah, I think as this shot hits you, this kind of like lightning bolt filled with bismuth is I think how we've described how spirit guns work in this. You can feel pieces of you just being burnt away. Ooh. Yeah, I, I think I think there was a time when it would have been a big shock and it would have been how could this happen? I'm open kind of thing. But maybe this is just another state, you know, mm. death is just another state, just a different one. And I think I recognise that more after my time in the goal. Mm. I guess my question here is do you want to resist this? Oh, that is a good question. That is a big question, isn't it? I think I'm not going to. I think things are just going to change. Okay. And do you do anything as the pain and then the acceptance washes over you? I... I was going to ask if I'm reached out to by the goal or by Mel. In what way? Um, in a comforting way, or a curious way, or a. Did you try and reach for that? I, I think I would. Not not in a not out of desperation, but just to kind of not be alone in this moment. Which one of those do you reach to, Mel or the goal? The goal. Hmm. I don't think it answers. Oh. I think you reach out. And I think the thing you get is you get the sense that the goal and the Winter's Lodge is focused outwards. It's focused on this idea that it needs to grow and protect and spread. And, and you get a lot of that, like, feeling. It doesn't seem... Like, moments ago, it seemed very focused on what was happening in this room. It doesn't seem to be at the minute. And there's almost a sense of it... Not quite shrugging, but, like, a sense of it being, like, this doesn't matter. Well, may maybe that's how I feel, too. You know? <laughs> oh, maybe that's how Oaken feels, too. Just just a, as a little bit of contrast, I think since, like, the second you hit the ground, Ash is just frantic, absolutely, in pieces over over him, trying to sort of, like, you know, yelling in his face and slapping him and kind of shaking his shoulders and desperately trying to fight it, even though he's got absolutely no way to do so. Mm. Oh, man. And Nia is in this room, too. How do you say react? You've just seen Oaken try and leave, and you were involved in that argument between Ash and Oaken and you about Ash wanting to kill the girl, right? And you've seen all of this. Yeah, I... I think it's more of trying to calm down Ash. And focus on Ash, not the other people? Not not on Oaken. Hmm. Not on Galen or anyone you... Are you going to Ash? Probably, of like, this is, if Oaken wanted to fight it, he would. 
Leave him. There's nothing you can do right now. Yeah. The thing I'm trying to work out is, like, how everyone else in the room is reacting. I can't remember, Nia. Is Altara still tangled up, or is she free? I think she was still tangled up, but I think that required kind of conscious effort from Nia. Mm. So now that Nia's attention is shifting, first to Ash, and then probably to do something about the person shooting people here. Um, mm. That apparently Nia cares slightly more about. Than the rest of the trusted. <laughs> that, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, this room is a mess. If, yeah. if we're honest, it's it's mm. it's pretty bad. But Nia's a- achieved the goal, so now now other things can be thought about. I think in that case, I think Altara is probably the one that like rushes down and does like the more medical bit of it. Like, Altara, like, rushes to Oaken and, like, lays her hands to his neck to check for a pulse. And I, I, I think she, like, glances at you two. I don't know whether either of you notice her. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, yeah, if somebody's sort of... I, I, she probably would have had to push Ash aside to get mm. to Oaken. Yeah, so you see her... She's knelt down, she has felt Oaken's pulse, and then just, like, looks at you in the eyes. And there's just a look of, like, he's gone. Like, you read that instantly. And this person who has chased you for so long is just inches from you. No, 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 no. You, you've, you've got to do something. Nia, can't you, can't you do something? Somebody. Ash, it's Oaken. For all we know, like, he's gone or he's sleeping or he's just gone somewhere else. And just left us. If he wants to come back, he'll come back. Just like all the other times. If he doesn't, well... What are you gonna do? Cold. Wow. Just wow. Wow, yeah. Wow, what a friend. (laughs) Yeah. I think Altara, seeing that you're not going to fight her, like, stands up and is, like, shouting at Galena. Shouting something like, he was mine. He is a part of my family, and and it looks like those two are going to fight. Basically, do you let them? Do you do you either of you notice? I think Nia will let them, because I mean, as far as Nia's concerned, Altara's been confusingly, but definitely dealt with. Hmm. the The goal has has happened. If if this is how this is what happens next in that fate, then sure. And does Ash? I think Ash sort of slowly, like, comes back into a more complete understanding of what's going on in the room as he sort of looks across towards Galena and just can't process what he's supposed to do in this situation. Mm. He's, like, it's a sort of incandescent rage at Galena for a split second and then just looks around at the rest of the room and sees everybody else and just has this realisation that this is what's going on in the city. There's a little fight and a little tussle going on in this one place, but everywhere else people are dying. Mm. And he's still got a job to do. I think you see as Altara approaches Galena, like shouting, Galena goes to do the same thing and takes a shot at Altara. 
And I think let's just do a roll. Let's do a fortune roll to see how this goes. That's a mixed. So yeah, I think Altara takes a shot at Galena and I think it hits and there's this flash again, almost blinding. And you hear Altara grunt in pain. Um, but when your eyes clear, you can see Altara is still stood up and is fighting Galena, using a spear to like stab and thrust at her, and Galena is barely blocking with her pistol. There is ferocity in Altara's posture and, and the way she's fighting, and Galena is barely holding her off. Ash, what do you do? Turns his back on Galena and heads towards the goal. I, I don't think Ash sees her as family anymore. Okay. Ezra, the last time we saw you, you were just waking up in one of the beds in Trovo's hospital, sort of above their lodgings. Ominously, I think when you woke up in this room, Silicet Nim Kalad and Vasic Pale were here. They'd come to stop you and Ivar and break the connection that you'd formed. I think they had been held off by Oxbow and Foible, who were in the room, with a little help from Nilka and Chilvo, who had just rushed in. I think where we'd left it, for the moment, Silicet and Vasic had been fended off. Silicet was in a corner, holding a knife. Vasic was also ready. Both of them, kind of in that moment, where they're trying to work out their next step. But I think, unfortunately for them, this is the moment we catch up with everyone else and the goal does its thing. And everything fractures as the Winter's Lodge and Hinter Ward become something new. There's a part of me that's like, sort of imagining this, do you know like those scenes in Kentucky Route Zero or like the painting we referenced when we were in the cut? The one with the trees. It's a bit like that, like almost bits of the building spinning off as like dioramas, and then you get a sudden shift in perspective as you realize like the two walls don't actually meet up and stuff like that. So it's like this bit of the room spins, and you realize that like Foible and Oxbow and Vasic are on this other bit of the room over there that is like their own little drama to deal with. And you realize that like you and Nilka are, are in this section of the room here and then like in the other section of the room you see that there's like Trilvo charging at Silicet Nimkalad and like pushing them out of a window like smashing glass everywhere the glass sort of like floating in the air as they are pushed onto the balcony outside that seems not good and then there's you and Nilka left in this drifting space I imagine there's just this bit of floating floorboard exploded out from the building with this strange twisting column of stone supporting it. Which of you speaks first? Do you even need to speak, actually? I was going to ask you that. Yeah. What's the sitch with pulling on Nilcat's spirit to reunite with my body? Do, do I, like, feel that somehow? I don't know. What? Because I guess this has very long-term complications. Yeah. Potentially. What What? What do you think? I don't know what Nilcat's spirit would be like, though. Yeah. What would Nilcat's spirit be like? What What is Ezra's like? 
Ezra's is, is smoke. Mm. Sort of reminiscent of cheap cigarettes and factory machinery. Yeah. I remember when I first created, like, the different characters for the parish from Tiding. Instead of, like, choosing a name for each of them, like, straight up, I gave each of them, like, a little moniker. And I remember for Nilcat, his description was the greased, because I had this idea of, like, him being a mechanic and, like... Oh, like oil. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Just oily and viscous and maybe, like, do you know, like, when you get an oil slick and it's rainbow-coloured? Mm. Like, almost a bit like that. And there's, like, a strong smell of engine oil, like, in the air. Yeah, I like that as well, because Ezra's used basically everyone they know's spirit in a machine at some point or another. They would know what Nilkat's spirit looks like. Mm. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I like that. I don't think I would have taken enough spirit to be like, oh, I, I just know what he's thinking. I think that would require yeah. some significant work, but like, especially because Ezra is maybe a bit too tired and confused to not just feel whatever that spirit is instead of politely ignoring it. Maybe there's like a sense, like a, an emotional sense of how he's doing rather than like knowing what he's going to say. Yeah. Like it, it's not a you and Ivar situation, right? You're not... We're not like sharing eyes like me and Ivar, yeah. Yeah. But there's a sense where some of some of like what's underlying is there, affecting things. Dare I ask what's underlying? Um, I think there's obviously like a weird press of different things, but there is like still that fudding tension of the current situation. Like Nilka has just rushed in to this room, into this situation, and there's still that adrenaline pulsing. And you're not sure whether it's him or whether it's you. You're not sure whether it's, like, his heart you can hear, like, pounding or your own or both. Mm. But there's definitely that. And, and like, that's kind of settling into this kind of, like, this uselessness, I guess. Or, like, do you know when you know a situation is happening? And I guess in this situation, you can, like, quite literally see all of that drifting away. Like, you can see these little dioramas moving away from you of, like, the fight that you can't be a part of anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Silasa over there, there's Trilvo there, and you're just like, well, we can't do anything about that. Yeah. And then I think at the same time, there's just this big looming dread as I imagine you're both taking this in, like, you can see the Winter's Lodge, you can see the gall spreading, you can see this great canopy of roots carpeting this area, and you can see just this weird fracturing of everything around you. And, and like, I say fracturing, but it's not necessarily... Th th there is a violence in it, but there's also something something good in it, right? Like, th this fracturing is all of Tales End and Winter's Lodge, and all of those memories and feelings kind of becoming and forming a new almost like a psychogeography like that this is almost like a weird reinterpretation of this area so it's not like it's not destroying it right but i think like nilka is definitely taking in like winter's lodge and be like okay this is maybe something we need to fix and i think there's something pulling him towards that and like nilka's a person who wants to act at all times right see problem fix problem yeah yeah i think the last thing that's here is i think that you've picked up on before like you can't help but not pick up on it because i think it's a thing that a lot of people have picked up on before most people have of when you're both in a situation 
or like when you're in a situation with someone and you're like, there is something that needs to be said here and I want to say it, but I don't know how to say that. Like, should I say it? Would it ruin it? Is this the moment? I, I think there's that tension and I think it's weirder for both of you because you can see the other side. You can both feel that tension, right? Like you're not just imagining that tension, you know for sure that that tension is there between you. Are you still like sat in bed? No, because I, I imagine I woke up moving because my spirit was moving when I re-entered my body, so... Yeah. I think it was a, an ungainly kind of tumble from the bed to the floor. Is it? Is this? Is this like you both looking at Winter's Lodge, not even having to have the conversation of like we need to go there because you both know it, yeah. and like both of you starting to like clamber down this weird new geography. I think honestly, like before that, Ezra needs a moment to to recollect themselves, and under this like absolute mishmash of. Am I Ivar? Am I Ezra? Am I Nilcat? What's happening? Where did the floor go? Oh, it's not unrequited. That's nice. I think they probably just like grab one of Nilcat's lower hands and pull him to the floor as well. Just like we're just gonna we're just gonna rest here for a second. I, they're probably laughing. This is this is all quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, just just a few moments of just let's just ignore this. And let's do and say what needs to be done and said between us. Sort of. I think it's it's mostly just like, if this sort of spirit connection thing goes both ways, then that is definitely the feeling. Mm. And I think it's just Ezra laughing almost hysterically until they sort of run out of breath and the last few laughs hiccup out. And then it's just like, right, so, right. And... Not to be presumptive here, but who who like initiates the kiss? Ezra. They they've okay. died so many times today. This is like <laughs> <laughs> there is there is nothing left for them to lose at this point. I was really torn then about who it would be, because I was also like, would Nilka do it? All I can imagine is you both go to do it and just smash teeth against each other. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it. <laughs> just to headbutt each other and then have to try again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I don't think they talk about it. I don't think this is the time and I don't think they need to. Mm. But I think Ezra just sort of has one maybe fond hand on Nilcat's leg as as they look towards the vague direction of Winter's Lodge. You'd be like, all right, you reckon that's one of mine then? Nilcat just sort of nods. Who's your betting on? I reckon it's Orkin. Yeah, that's a fair bet. Should we, uh, should we mop up some messes sunlight? I think Nilcat Nod stands up and like starts sort of climbing down through this weird geography and kind of reaches up with like one of his arms to just kind of like take your hand and help you down. Yeah, I think we'll we'll head over to the lodge. Cool. Elsewhere in the city. I think the last time we saw Ivar as Ivar the ghost was in Trilvo's house. And then since then, his spirit has been split between what machines remain from what Ezra managed to cobble together from bits of the carousel. I think we mentioned four of them last time. There's the mud skipper made out of bits of bellows and all of the like wind machinery and strand beast bits from the carousel and 
I think we saw it moving noisily through the racing track. Um, I think the last time we saw it before all of the roots swept in, it was rushing towards Valor and Vig and Nimshif. And we see this moment where Valor splits into two. There's her physical form and her ghostly form, and they get ready to meet and fight it. And as that happens, we see the roots and the lodge spread out. And then there were the other forms. There was still the seahorse runner, uh, which is somewhere in the city. There was the eel with like the flat, long head that was protecting and digging and taking a hail of crossbow bolts on an imshift soldiers. And then there was the crab who had emerged from the mud and the silt of the banks of the river trill to like ambush some of the Nimshif soldiers. Is there one of these that we want to focus on, Ryan? I think the crab, because the crab is closest. Yeah. So I'm sort of imagining that the crab is probably somewhere sort of on the banks between the wire and Winter's Lodge. Um, we probably like joined this moments after it's like defeated a small group of the Nimshif soldiers. And all around it, we can see the burning of the fleshwood. And I think we can also see this spreading of root canopy all throughout uh, Hinterward and Winter's Lodge. I think from where you are, so close to the outer barricades, you can see the ways the gull's growth seems to conform to like where the barricades are, almost like forming down to re-knit against them. So it looks like it's reinforcing the barricades. Yeah. Like, it, it spread out and it's just kind of formed around them. It's not... It doesn't seem to be going any further. And you can see, like, these glowing roots spreading all throughout this place. And it does seem to be, like, splitting the city, but, like, not breaking up. But this place is becoming, like, less... I think you can probably sense this as someone who is a ghost. It's almost as if the cut version of the world and the physical version of the world are being knitted together. Like, you're not just walking into a physical building, like, the cut is there as well. And that's why, like, bits of it seem to be spreading apart, because it's making room for all of the possible versions of this space to be mapped into one geography. Well, that's terrifying. For a ghost, it's probably quite nice, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, but at the same time, I think... Ivar still even chose empathy with the living, so... <laughs> uh, not nice for them. Yeah. What What are you doing? What What is this crab doing? Um, well, I think the crab is going to the lodge because that's where this is all coming from, right? Yeah. The other machines are still sort of spread. They can, you know, see and observe what's going on and in the city. Plus, I think Ivar knows that that's where Ezra's going and knows where... Well, knows that everyone else would have had something to do with what's going on <laughs> in the lodge. Yeah. So I think you maybe see glimpses of it from the other machines before we, like, move on with the crab. Um, when we see the eel which is taking and protecting the revolutionaries from these crossbow bolts, we see everyone's trepidation as this thing starts to spread around them. Apart from one person, as he steps out from behind the eel, we recognise Roan, Roan Nimavid. I think we see him make a decision as he runs 
one hand along the body of the eel and like one hand along a blossoming bit of fleshwood fungus that's kind of spreading out from one of the seams in the world. And we see him like bring his arms forward and the fungus begins to grow towards the soldiers. You feel it as it like knits with the eel body, repairing the damage that you've taken from them and beginning to form a wider, sturdy shield from which the revolutionaries can hide. I think we see a shot of the seahorse rushing through the city. Is there, is there still a revolutionary on your back? Do you think that's the case? Yeah, sure. I mean, if, they, if they've stuck along for the ride. I reckon I know who this revolutionary is. I think it's LV Petit. It's LV Petit riding the seahorse on the back, like, delivering Whoa. messages. Wait, what? What? Sick. <laughs> Amazing. Like, rushing between, like, station to station, cheering and, like, clinging on for dear life. And I think we get this moment where this, like, seam appears, like, in front of you. And there's, like, water and steam bursting up from it. Do you stop before it or jump it? We're jumping it. I think as you jump it, you see these two colossal bodies like jump over and under you simultaneously and lv petit lets out this big whoop of joy as the two worms drift into hinterward the worms i'm the so worms. confused about whether the worms are good or not the worms are always good the worms are always good they were being used by lilium right they were like being driven to winter's lodge sure okay okay like i think they were being chased essentially or like corralled <laughs> into an area and then I think we see a moment in the stadium where Valor and Vigor begin to like dance around you, stabbing with spears at your body as you try to fight them. How how does this mud skipper fight against them? Is it is it similar to what we saw with the soldiers, like bashing and, and lashing out at them? Yeah, I think just trying to use its size. And maybe like unpredictability of its size. Because I can imagine with all the bellows and things it can change its size quite a lot. Like, get bigger, get smaller, and, yeah. or push into different directions. Yeah, I can always imagine it, like, staggering suddenly, or, like, lurching in a direction that they didn't think it could do. Yeah, yeah. I think we see the moment where you crash towards them, and they, very nimbly, the two of them, like, dodge out of your way. And I think we see for moments how clearly you are outclassed by both Valor and Vigor. They're sort of dancing around you in tandem with perfect knowledge about what each other's doing. And yeah, you're bigger, you're stronger, you're this weird creature, but they are expertly trained. And they're dancing around slashing. They're not stabbing at you in the same way the soldiers did, but using their spears to like cut holes in your side. And you do this thing where you try to lurch suddenly towards Valor, who is the one with like the physical form. And it looks, for all intents, like she is going to dodge. And then you just see, like, a root wrap around her ankle. And we and we see you crash into her, and she's flying across this stage, like, in between these tents. And her spear goes sliding out of her hands. And then, yeah, I think we, we go back to the crab, who is, I think, um, is it just working its way across the river? Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. I don't know if it floats or whether it's a going to the bottom and scaling across deal. 
it's up to you. What what do you reckon? I like the idea that it's, it's it submerges mm. like a normal crab, I guess. Yeah. When it gets to the lodge, I, I've just got this image of it like climbing up the side of the lodge as well, instead of like going through it. Yeah. Just claw after claw. Mm. Just chunking into the wall. And I think that's probably where like when we cut back to Ezra and Nilcat, who I imagine are walking through like the corridors and balconies of the lodge, right? Yeah, I guess if, if we uh, arrive roughly at the same time as Ivar. Yeah. Because we were about as far away as the crab was. Yeah. So. I, I love the idea of like the crab just clambering over you as you like walk. And so just be like, oh, thank, thank God, Ivar. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any form of communication as Ivar? Uh... Are we still linked? Is that a thing? I feel like you could still talk. Because you can talk when you're a regular ghost. So you can probably still talk in the machine. You don't need a voice box to talk. You've figured that out already. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Just a ghostly emanation from around it. Are you saying anything? Or... Just wanted to know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I did just want to know. That's, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, before before you like join the room, I know like that the last thing that we need to take care of. You filled your first bar of trauma last session, right? I did. Yes. Did you Did you end up picking something for that? Just Just so we know. Yes, I picked reckless, considering the action that. Mm. Got Ivar there was extremely <laughs> reckless. <sighs> Ezra and Nilcat, as you reach the cloister, as you like stand near the outside, I think as you stand near the heart of the lodge, he like clasps you on the shoulder and is like, Are you ready? Whatever is in there. I have technically died about twelve times on the barricades today. I am pretty ready for anything at this point, sunlight. Let's just Let's just go. It's going to be okay, right? It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually okay. Do you, do you go into the room? It, it might be a literally kick the door down situation at this <laughs> point, yeah. He loves kicking doors down, it'll cheer him up. I, I think Nilcat, like, hesitates for a moment, right? Before doing it, like... I think there's a part of him that, like, wanted to hug you or more. And then... Don't have time yeah, for that. Yeah, I, I think that's like, and then like turns and just kicks the door. Wait, does he kick the door or does the crab break through the door? I would love if he goes to kick the door and then the crab just rushes past like, see you lads. <laughs> you made a crab smash through the door. If you want to crab smash through the door, you don't have to. What if I just use the claw to gently or use the handle to open the door? Milka <laughs> <laughs> about to kick in this door and like the crab just like... <laughs> A crab just comes up behind him, a huge crab, and gently opens the door. Or, or, or smashes through the wall next to the door and then then gently opens the door from the other side. I mean, I think the door is mostly open, is the thing that's funniest here as well, because Oaken was about to walk out of it. It's yeah. okay. I will crab smash. Yeah, and I think we reach into the room. And I think you instantly see the figure laid on the floor. Nia, are you still here? Yeah, I'm still around. Nia's, Nia's not left. 
yet. I think Nia might be going to actually like take a look at Crick and see who's actually dead. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you, you see other people laid around as well, but I think like Oaken is the one that immediately draws your attention. You see Nia with Crick. And Crick seems mostly okay, but like obviously seems to have taken like a couple of wounds and is lent against a knot of these roots. And there's probably some sound to what seems to be fighting, but you can't quite tell where within these roots it's coming from. And then you can see Ash, who is... Is Ash walking towards the, the goal? Is is the goal, like, in this room? Yeah. It's, like, right at the centre of it, where, like, all of the knots sort of seem to form and converge. Yeah, I think he's turned around and is just kind of looking at it, um, trying to sort of... Like, he's got his hand hands on these, these roots and knots, and he's just kind of feeling around it, just trying to get a sense of it. Um, I should probably mention uh, when I got trauma a couple of sessions ago, I took Obsessed. Mm. So nothing else matters. This is it right now. You and me both. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> We're doing great. Yeah. There's a sense that you're getting, Ash, of... You're almost building like a sense of this thing's geography, right? And I think you're like slowly gathering this feeling that you need to climb down into like the ghost of the tree or onto the ghost of the tree okay yeah i think i think like this the the the, the idea of travel by metaphorical means is a, a hell of a lot more normal to ash than it would be for most people so like the idea of climbing climbing down could also mean just going into it somehow yeah is just yeah sure <laughs> absolutely fine yeah i imagine that's what ezra and ivar and nilcat see as they enter the, into this room just ash slipping beneath the the surface of the ground into like the ghostly realm of the tree um, that seems fine <laughs> Yeah. Where do you go? You can see Oaken before you. You can see Ash has just slipped through into this other realm. You can see Neo and Crick. Who, who do you go to first? Like, Oaken's definitely the closest, but Ash... I imagine there's just something slightly different about Ash, and how can people tell that you've got, like, a different agenda now? Has anyone seen... Well, has anyone who's just come in seen Ash since he got the previous trauma because his skin is kind of glowing in bismuthy colors now i don't know if that would that would mm. tip you off that something is different i'm not sure i guess you're not looking back round to anyone right you're, you're probably like tear streaked mm. as well <laughs> yeah and just focused on this tree yeah yeah so yeah like i guess particularly ezra where, where do you go Running after Ash, I think. You don't stop to see Oaken? I feel like I want to get Ash and come back. I think it would be like point Ivar at Crick and Nia, point Nilka at Oaken, and be like, deal with those, and then mm. just pe pegging it after Ash. I like the idea that you point at, at me. I'm a giant crab robot. Yeah. How am I meant to deal with that? <laughs> well, you could carry him to appropriate medical attention. 
think as for you you follow ash what is it like do you reckon the moment where you like flip between the physical world and this kind of spirit tree not a fan of this is it the same as like when you enter the cut or is it a different bad feeling it's the same bad feeling but it's got a it's vying against all the other bad feelings mm. <laughs> one noise amongst many i think i think you, you maybe get slightly more as well this time and this is probably even more interesting because you've just felt it right is there's a feeling of like shedding the physical as you enter this like it's like that moment where you slipped out of your body and like were a ghost it, it's that again oh okay well then ezra is very upset <laughs> and like you look ahead of you and actually you sort of like far ahead yeah i think ash is pushing through quite determinedly whatever's going on here is very weird and would normally be extremely distracting but if he can't fix this then everything else is pointless yeah, like Oaken will have died for nothing, and he's he's just put, put putting everything on his on on himself now. Are you just running up the side of this tree? Yep, pretty much. Wait, did Oaken not not want you to do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's not about what Oaken w- w- would have wanted. It's about what what uh, what was best for Oaken. <laughs> what Oaken should have wanted. Yeah. Yeah. What's good for the revolution, you know? Yeah, Ashpinder, we'll be having words about that, I think. <laughs> just, just, yeah, Ezra, just, are you running after Ash? Yeah, running and hollering. I think the one detail I think I'm going to add to this tree is, I imagine it's almost, instead of, like, standard kind of bark, it's almost, like, lined, and there are huge, like, grooves and channels in the side of it, almost, like, labyrinth-like, like, working their way up. And I think as you run up, both Ash and Ezra, you start running in one of these grooves and you just get the sense that you're on, like, the right path, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's almost like a harmonic feeling of that. Worrying. Don't like that either. <laughs> Back outside. <laughs> I think, Ivar, you reach Nia and, and Crick. I think Crick looks a bit taken aback as... Do, do, do you just bloom over them i think ivar is kind of still getting used to being like this Mm. and i think that it's funnier if he doesn't talk just yet so i kind of like the idea that he just gestures out the two giant claws but they're closed but like sort of ready to lift them up yeah you, you see like crick back away a little bit does Nia know that this is Ivar? Are you able to sense that? I mean, I guess Nia's quite in tune with all of the jubilance. I quite like, actually, that Ivar's eyes are still about. Mm. Yeah, I think the eyeballs, and even if you didn't know that this was the plan, it is still recognisably, like, I think we said the crab was half-formed out of, like, the roof of the Jubilee. So... Yeah, I imagine that is still recognisable. You, you can recognise bits of the Jubilee in this in this form. So, yeah, so Nia definitely knows it's Ivar. It's probably like a what? Why? I think it's a... How is Crick doing? Can Crick move? Yeah, I think so. Like, he he's wounded, but he's fine. And I think 
like when he realizes that you're not recoiling and like when he sees you looking at the eyes and like that you seem fairly relaxed they kind of settle a bit and like look between you both and go like goes like i'm fine i'm, I'm fine are you sure i don't need carrying out of here go after him can't let him kill this thing I don't know whether Crick is lying. About being fine? Yeah. So now I'm going to roll a fortune dice. Okay. That's a five, so that's like mixed. He's lying, but he's not like... Like, he's in severe pain. Yeah. But he's trying to hide it. He doesn't think that he's the most important thing in this room. Aw, but also probably true. No, Crick is the most important thing in this room. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Go on. Vivo, you let Ezra die. Amaris will have my hide. <laughs> yes, yes that, that's the rest of that sentence. I think Nia intends to come back pretty quickly to Crick. Hmm. But is gonna trust Crick to not be being stupid right now. Okay. Well, you heard him. Shall we, uh, Go after them. Can you go after? I can. I don't know how you move right now. I think the crab nods. <laughs> like the whole crab's body goes up and down. In a, yeah, let's go. All right. Well, I guess Nia's gonna go into the tree realm with <laughs> the giant crab that currently isn't talking, even though Ivar totally can. Yeah. I, I think like a very similar thing happens where like there's this is where there's this sense of like shedding like your physical form as you enter. Which I don't think Nia has done before, so that must be very weird. Yeah. That sounds weird. And for Ivar, I don't know what that means because you're spread so thin. I, I don't know what the version of Ivar that emerges onto the tree looks like. So is the, the crab bot no longer there? Is it just spirit? Now? Yeah, it's just spirit in this side. Just Ivar coming out holding his hands like pincers <laughs> stood really <laughs> awkwardly. Just this very faint version of Ivar. And you can see um, Ezra running ahead of you. And then like the same distance that you are from Ezra, you can see Ash running as well. Do you chase after them? Yeah. That's cool. I guess so. And I think back inside the lodge where Crick and Nilcat and, and Oaken are left. We see Crick clutching his side and they turn to Nilcat and go, how does he look? And Nilcat like looks up and, and kind of does a face, like just pulls his face and like shakes his head. Oaken. Yes. There is a move in the new version of Rhine, which we've, we've never done before when we play Tiding. Um, I, I don't know if it will come up when we play Rhine itself, but the move is called Meet Death. And it says, when you take mortal wounds and are instructed to meet death, the fates will tell you what form death takes. A scentless smoke, a water without pressure, a mirror showing the purest truth, a withered reflection, 
something loved and lost, an uncaring titan, a hungering nothing, a glorious cruelty, or a humble companion. And I'm going to cast aside, like, my authority over the role of the fates here and ask you, when Oaken passes into Death's realm, what form does that death take? Oh, I, I think because Oaken isn't only Oaken, Oaken is also Mel and Radala. Mm. I, I think it it can't come in a form that's just for him. And Relict too, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What if it's inside Relict's shell? Oh, yeah. In, inside that big Nautilus shell. Yeah. Just this big, echoing, empty space. Oh, and yeah, and it's it gets smaller and smaller as you go further in, but it never seems to end. Yeah. And is Oaken just walking through there? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what he's doing. As you're walking... You realise that someone is walking beside you. And you don't even need to look. You know that the person walking beside you is Flint. Do you look? No, I'm scared that if I look, they'll disappear. If if I look at them, they'll go. Do you say anything? No, I think Oaken is finally in a space where he doesn't have to talk again. Yeah. Flint doesn't say anything either. I think you just walk for a while. I think you get the sense of, like, Mel being near you as well. And as you're walking, the space is no longer narrowing. It's sort of getting wider. And you start eventually to see an opening before you. You start to see what looks like some kind of light filtering into the shell. And I think Flint leads you to the opening of this old discarded shell and you're looking out over a version of Eolith and it's different to the Eolith that you knew it's still got the amber mountains you can still see the scrape of chalky stone and those shell cairns some of which have been knocked over by you some of which seem to have been like restacked but in different different patterns you can still see like the tar pits but where the shattered version of Akomi was, you can now see something like a city. There seem to be stone buildings and wooden ones on wheels moving on the outskirts, coming to and fro. You can see what looks to be a small cluster of greenery growing in around the edges of the mountains. And you can see very clearly where the Argon River used to come in and out, There seems to be an actual path, clear and free, leading out of this place. And the other thing that you can see is something like a creature, a remnant. You recognise it instantly as Bregu. Oh. But imagine if Bregu, who was like this, almost like rhino-ish, big, stocky, heavily furred creature... Imagine if that was, like, big. Bregu has grown tremendously in size. And I think the fur has almost been, like, replaced with these long, like, hairs made out of, like, filaments of amber. And you can see 
Breigu just appears to be like digging a hole very slowly in the earth, glittering in the sunlight. And Flint walks to the edge of this opening and like sits down high above Eolith, legs hanging over the edge. Do you do the same? Yeah, I'll join him. Do you say anything now? Things look different, huh? I think Flint just turns and like looks you right in the eyes. And Flint looks different too. They, they are bigger and I think more heavily stone. They look in the same way that Karnim Daker looks less human. They look less human. In the same way that Bregu has become something like a remnant, Flint has become something like an envoy. Things are different. Do I look different to you? Flint looks you up and down and seems to take like a long while to consider. They're staring at you for like a un slightly uncomfortable amount of time. I can see signs of change. The first stirrings of growth. How does Oaken take that? Pessimistically. There is still time to change. You know that you can't linger here. It's nice to be here, though. It all felt very important back then. And now it's all just going to happen the same way. Is it really change if it cycles around like this? You're asking the wrong questions. You thought you were stuck. Trapped. In amber. And I think Flint has like a piece of amber in their hands. You're not sure where they got it from. And they hold it out. Sort of like over the drop in front of them. And like in between the two of you so you can both look at it. It's easy to assume that what is in there is static. That there's no change inside. But given the right perspective, change will come for this too. Whether from the inside or from without. If Bregu has any difference from Relict, it's that they recognise that. Relict tried so hard to keep everything in stasis. It has tried so hard to keep you in stasis. Can you see yet that you can't be held that way? Can I take the bit of amber and crush it? Yeah, absolutely. How do you crush it? Um, it's it's more of a trying to shatter it so it breaks than mm. squeeze it tightly, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's to free what's inside. Is it just like you hit it against the shell? Oh, I was just going to do it with my hand because I'm very strong. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the moment it breaks and cracks, Eolith disappears. And... <laughs> I can't find a better metaphor than this. Then imagine if you were like, you have a sink of water. And you pull the plug from that sink of water. And everything drains out. Or starts to drain out. And that's what like this has felt like. That's what death has felt like. 
and all of a sudden someone is running the tap at the same time. I think that's kind of how I think about like Oaken being kept alive here. You you feel yourself being pulled back towards your body, and you can start to vaguely sense Relict and Rodella and all of that life force just pulling you and keeping you alive, restitching the damage that's being done. Do you let yourself be pulled back? Do you fight it? I'm gonna fight it, yeah. Okay. The one last detail I'll say is I think you can also hear Nilcap. Oaken. Oaken, if, if, you, if you can hear me, this is a bad fucking time to die. We need you right now. Come on. And, and you feel like a faint slap against your cheek. Well, that is... I don't know. The, the slap feels very funny to me in my dying <laughs> state. <laughs> Do you still resist being pulled back? No. No, I let myself now. And yeah, I, I think you wake up with like Nilcat's face inches from your face. What is it like when you wake up? Like, I sort of feel like it's not like a you breathe in suddenly and you're back awake, right? No, no, I think it it it's not a um gasp of life. It's not like this blossoming. It's like I was somewhere more vast and now I'm in a limited space. Hmm. And it's just like eyes open. Yeah, wearily sigh, eyes open. I think that the thing you see is like Nilcat's pupils just widen slightly in, in surprise. His eyes dart to look at his hand and then dart back to you. It was mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. Uh, uh, can you walk? Only one way to find out. Help me up. Uh, Nilcat, like, holds you to your feet. Walks you towards the tree, like, his two arms, like, looped around yours. Or, like, looped around your back. As was in the, the rest of them are, we... I think Ash is... I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what's going into him. You feel up to this? Yeah. Yeah, let's go save the day. Nilka just, like, laughs. And, yeah, I think we, we cut there. Um, and probably cut to Ash and Ezra. I think by this point, Ash, the grooves in the tree that you've been running along lead you to, like, a hollow. A little bit like, you know, that, that kind of very standard, like, this is where an owl would nest in a tree. <laughs> um, except it's like huge perhaps like bigger and wider than Embrace itself oh like huge huge got you huge huge like this entire tree is huge huge and like this feels quite far up but it's probably barely and I think when you walk into it it's probably very reminiscent of the space that Oaken first found the goal almost like a big void with just the gall floating in the center of it. And there were like paths leading to it. And I think those paths kind of are almost like bits of wood unfurling towards its center. Do you head straight towards the gall? Yeah, I think Ash 
walks a fair few paces out along one of these branches knowing that he's going to be more confident on this than Ezra is and turns around to face them when they finally get up. Yeah, and I think as where you see the same thing, like this big open space, this void, and these unfurling paths of wood. And Ash is just halfway out between you and the goal. Ash Pinder, you get down from there. I think Ash actually laughs at that. Uh, um, I've got to do it. You've got to do what, Ash? I've got to get rid of it. Get rid of what? The, this flipping remnant. It's going to take over everything. What are you talking about? This whole thing, the gall, the, this tree. It's a remnant. It's... It's broken, it's wrong. Well, how'd you know that? The jackals. The same way that they find out about all the broken remnants, all the ones that are going to go wrong. This one's this one's already started going wrong. It could, I don't know, take over the whole world or destroy Embrace or just turn it all inside out. I, I don't know, but it's it's going wrong already. Do you think you could maybe leave it for, like, five minutes to deal with the more pressing issue of us being invaded on all sides that's exactly what i'm trying to do as soon as i get rid of this the jackals are going to help us are they yeah can't promised oh did you get that in writing did he specify in what way it would be helping? i mean it's, it, i don't know no I, I... because you don't ask do you ash <laughs> he said he was going to help he said he'd stop all the fighting we are helping ourselves i'd love it if you would come and help us and all that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do. What's the point of fighting for the city if it's just going to turn into a flipping tree? I mean, this city is already terrible, Ash. A, a tree probably won't hurt it. I don't know. Look, is this in this Winter's Lodge? Sort of, as far as I can gather. People live here, Ash. Here? And gestures at the, the void. No one's living here. This no, is... Ash, in the building. In the building that this tree is attached to. This... The building where many of our friends and comrades currently live. The only safe place for us in the sea, currently. That's... This is more than that now. I mean, obviously, look. Look around. This isn't Winter's Lodge anymore. This is... I don't even know. It looks like the cut, but a tree. I don't... What's... What is the difference? This is nothing like the cut. It doesn't feel like the cut. This is... It's wrong. It's too... Clean. It's... Well, I can see that something feeling clean in Embrace might feel unusual, but... Could we... Consider... Discussing this with someone first? Someone who isn't... And I cannot stress this enough... Karnimdeka... Who you've met... Apparently. Yeah, I guess. Um, but this might be the only chance we have to, to take this thing out. If a remnant takes over Embrace, right? Look what happened the last time a remnant came anywhere near here. We got statues up about it, and we have a festival to remember all the people who died. If this thing takes over, there's not going to be any jackals. There's not going to be some way of dealing with it later, because it will have eaten them all or something. I don't know. Ash, are you talking about the Orca Hall? Yeah, obviously. 
Does it seem to you like Orkin, the man responsible for the Orca Hull, is doing well? Like, does he feel good about it from his general aura? Is that the impression that you get, that he's a man who's proud of his actions? Um, I don't know. Something to think about. Maybe on the way to stop all our friends from dying. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what I'm trying to do. If this thing takes over, it could just eat everyone. My family and the whole revolution and the Nim shifts and the whatever. It's going to take over the whole city and then it won't be embraced anymore. Because Khan Nimdeka told you so? Yes. Right. And you just believe him? I mean, who else knows about remnants? Did you ask Orkin? Have you got a garden that's all about looking at remnants and telling you when they're going wrong? But did you ask Orkin, though? Yeah, but... The only jackal we know who seems to be sort of all right. Yeah, but he's dead now. <laughs> what was his opinion, Ash? I don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. He didn't seem to care. I mean, he said not to kill it, but... Right. Fantastic. So, let's go? I can't... Look, I think I'm actually a jackal now, so there we go. There's one vote for jackals mm-hmm. that think that this is a good idea, I think, sort of. Um, but what if this is the only chance we've got? Can I ask, is this static, or is this, like, as Ash is moving closer to it? I think if Ezra moves out onto the branch, Ash, Ash is backing away. <laughs> Ezra's standing very, very firmly on not... The spooky branches, thank you. <laughs> I think um, Nia and Ivar, you you arrive at the same place. I, I think you probably arrive like close to Ezra. You you've probably heard the last few bits of the conversation, and you can see Ezra stood at the edge of this hollow, staring out into the void towards the goal, and Ash is stood on this very thin, narrow piece of of wood. Did you just bloody say you're a jackal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of... I think so. You think so? Well, I ate some of the some of the heart and... God all of the hurt... All the, the, like, burning and the stabbing and... And everything kind of went away. Um, yeah. I've been looking for you for... I, I don't know how many hours anymore. It it feels like a lifetime. Because you never turned up to your rendezvous point, and we found Josser in a bush, bleeding out, oh, it's just, and you it's, were it's okay. dancing around with the jackals. I didn't have a choice. I got pulled through the cut. I, the cut I told you not to go into. I I got pulled through. I, do, I don't know what happened. And Galena was there, and Khan, and they showed me how... Everything works with the jackals, and I think I set fire to the. Oh no! Um, yeah, there was there was a. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of a jackal now, and they needed my help. They needed me to. We need your help. Ash. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. Not here. We need your help out there where it matters right now. If I get rid of this thing, the jackals are going to help the revolution. They're going to help us shut down the families. Are they bollocks? Sorry, excuse my language, Ash. Are they... Hell. Well, are we winning without them? Ezra kind of tilts one hand backwards and forwards. 
What difference am I going to make out on the street? What am I going to do? Take a message to someone? If I'm here, I can do something. This is the only thing I can do. While this is going on, I kind of want to not talk to the gall, but try and, like, sense the gall a bit and see what the gall's up to. Get the other side of this conversation? I sort of imagine it's overwhelming for Nia in this space, right? Like, this is the power you've been tapping into, and it's all here. Like, right at the heart of it. This is so much. Oh, yeah. I, I, I hadn't actually considered all of the Nia's been using the Gaul's strength and yeah. now is mm -hmm. here. Uh, how is Nia doing? Should we make a roll and find out? Maybe we should. Uh, what would you like to roll? Okay, I'll, I'll do a tune makes sense, I think. That was bad. That's a three and a one. So Oof. this is good. That was very bad. Okay. Um, yes. So so what what did you want? You wanted like a sense of how the goal is doing or what it's doing at the minute? Yeah, I wanted to kind of tap into that kind of communication line. But I guess also just as a player, I want an idea of how Nia's doing. Like, would Nia let someone harm the Gaul at this point? Is that a thing that Nia cares about? That's entirely up to you, but yeah. Um, the Gaul at the minute is entirely facing outwards. It knows what's happening in here, but it is a creature that to some degree trusts in fate and, and like certainty. And I think in the same way that it didn't care that Oaken had died, it doesn't necessarily care what Ash is going to do. At the minute, it's it's growing, I guess. It is pushing itself out into the void that is Embrace. The void that has been carefully created and cultivated by the Jackals and the Shepherds and all of those other forces that have devised ways and wards and means to keep things like it at bay. And it is bridging the cut and reality and trying to create something that is something between the two of them. There is a sense, not necessarily that it cares for the people here, but like it has recognized them and wants to continue to, in the same way that it's built the Winter's Lodge, like build something that is a melding of the physical and the spiritual. But it's very much struggling. It's struggling to knit itself to the limits of the barricade. It's struggling to hold back against those hostile wards that are embrace. Like the city is pushing back at it. And I think that's where the consequence comes in. Because it has seen what you can do once it lends its weight to you. And you feel it suddenly grasping at you. It wants to make you its catalyst for building this wider, extended version of the Lodge. Uh, ah. And you just feel it pulling this this form that your your spirit without body, like it, it's pulling at you and, and trying to... It wants you to, like, direct it, almost. Not in a way of, like, I want you to make choices, but, like, I need you to deal with the fine details of this. I don't know that Nia would be opposed to this. This is like that whole decisive action changing embrace thing. Mm. I will say that if you do this, this is unraveling. Good. 
That is a serious complication, Adam. That is the serious complication here. You have delivered on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's anything in Nia that would resist this. This is like everything Nia wants. <laughs> Other than personhood, right? I don't know that Nia knows that. I think they're too obsessed and believing that they're able to do whatever yeah. to think about the consequences. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I think if you let it, you start to feel your consciousness just pulled in all of these different directions. I think it's maybe Ash that can see this, and maybe like Oaken and Nilka from the other side. What does it look like as your spirit is not quite consumed, but like transformed by Winter's Lodge? What does Ash see? I wonder if it's kind of like all of the glowing frills that make up Nia's mm. hair, kind of unwinding. Nia's only spirit right now anyway, mm. but kind of unwinding and winding around the gall spirit in that glowy thing coming from Nia, and then I guess Nia maybe starts to diminish Yeah, as that happens more and more. This is great. This is so... Um. <laughs> so fine. So fine. Yeah, Ash, that's what you can see. You can see the goal seems to be doing something horrible to Nia. What are you doing? I think on seeing this, Ash takes a couple more steps back along the thing, just shaking his head, like, in disbelief. This, this is what you're fighting for. Does Nia say anything? Can Nia say anything? Probably not at this moment. I think in this massive consciousness is going everywhere. I think the most you'd be able to see is that Nia doesn't give off an emotion of panic. Say seem fine with this. Maybe a bit confused about how much this is taking, but there isn't a sense of franticness in the ripples. I want to be like, oh, Ezra is going to rush over and help Nia, but I also know that as far as Ezra is concerned, Nia yeah. sold them out to Altara Nimshif. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> so... Is Ivar reacting? Ivar's like a man with a gun. <laughs> this is... <laughs> We're out of our depth. Yeah, like... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> you know when, like... Something goes wrong with your car, and <laughs> you've got no yeah. idea what make car go. It just go, and <laughs> you get out and you yeah. lift the bonnet up and you look at it. There's some pieces here. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's the problem right there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Ivar and Ezra, I think I just stood there like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like yeah. uh. The only thing I could think to do which I'm not sure it would even do anything, would be to, like, disappear into, like, a spirit form and try and hold it all together. Like, try and hold Nia together? Yeah. Does Ivar want to do that? Or does Ivar do that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, part of my main question, like, the main thing I want to focus on here is, like, what does Ash do to stop this? Um... Ash just sort of watches for a couple of seconds and then sort of just like almost to himself he sort of says we can fight people forever 
even if we don't win, the next lot might. If we lose this, there's not going to be a next lot. We're not going to get another chance. I've got, I've got to. And just sort of backs up a couple of steps and turns around and heads towards the goal. Um, should I maybe come in at this moment? Sounds like a perfect moment. This, this yeah. feels like a good open moment. <laughs> what What is Nia trying to achieve with this thing again? Not so much achieve, but more Nia reached out to the Gaul, and Nia's been using the Gaul's powers kind of with abandon, and the Gaul pulled back and needed Nia to do things and Nia's like sure yeah let's do it ah. <laughs> the girl like please help me help me help me I need your power and it's, yeah. it's you know it's nice to be needed <laughs> and then Nia just went along with yeah. it oh that's cool yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I feel like uh, you can't say anything about going along with stuff in this session <laughs> Oaken <laughs> okay so, so how does Oaken turn up it because I could see Oaken turning up and, like, standing and joining this conversation. Or is it just, like, we see Ash running across the thing and then see Oaken running across the thing? Yeah, maybe you just see Ash running and then Oaken running after him. Mm. Love this. Jumping between these bits of words towards the goal. And what do you think happens? Do, do, do you catch up? Does Oaken catch you up, Ash? Or do you want to roll? Or... Like, what is interesting here? Do we, do we want to have that chance for Oaken and Ash to chat, or do we just want to leave it to fate as to whether Ash gets there first? Yeah, let's throw some dice. I'm mm. up for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's say, let's roll the dice and see who gets the highest dice, and then we'll take it from there if, there's, if you both roll six. Are you both rolling Prowl? Ash is 100% rolling Prowl, yeah. It's, it's, it's his whole thing. Okay, I'm going to roll Prowl too then. Uh, does it, do either of you want to push yourself? I, I don't think Ash knows he's being chased now, so he's not pushing himself. I might. It's too stressed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've also got your jackal ability. Shit. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I, I think it would be nice if maybe I was too tired from dying to <laughs> use my ability. Or even, yeah. like, too disconnected, because that's a jackal ability. And I think at the moment I am incredibly disconnected from being a jackal. So I'm, I'm yeah. kind of fine with me like losing these abilities. And I think there's also just that sense of... Rodella's heart is on fire <laughs> at the minute. And Oaken must have sensed that in some way. Like, across the city, the jackal compound is burning. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this also kind of makes sense from that perspective. Yeah. But yeah, you can still push yourself, because that feels right. And I get a, a bonus dice for that, there. Yeah. Um, what did you roll? Uh, I rolled a five and a two, a five and a two. Uh, six, three, four. So there's my six. Yeah. I don't think Oaken is far behind as you rush through these roots and branches, but Ash, you get there first. And you see the goal is in front of you. Um, I don't think it's... Was it particularly big when you got it, Oaken? When, when I first got it, it was tiny, right? It fit in the palm mm. of your hand. Yeah, and I think it's still the same. It's just this orb floating there. It's just right in front of you, and you can tell that Oaken is so close. 
heartbeats behind you. Do you hesitate? I hesitates for a second and then just like tries to grab it because what's the procedure? What are the litanies? <laughs> Fuck knows, just grab the thing. Okay, I think this is going to be a roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think probably a tune makes sense. This is weird, and it's not weird in the way I'm used to, but it's still weird. Okay, this is uh, Desperate Limited. No, wait, Desperate Standard, you're a jackal. Uh, I am going to use my Daredevil thing to get an extra dice uh, with minus one to any resistance rolls. <laughs> Uh, and I'm 100% pushing myself. Oh, wait. Um, what's the Devil's Bargain look like first? Um, I think the Devil's Bargain here is... Regardless of how this goes, there's a part of you that is now infused with Rodella, and I think that's going to have an influence mm -hmm. on what Winter's Lodge becomes, or what the goal becomes. Oh... <laughs> I don't want it to become anything. Well, yeah, like, if it doesn't become anything, then that's that's different. But, like, if it does... Uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Whoa! <laughs> that is a one, a two, a three, and a two. So, terrible, terrible roll. Wow. Wow. Steve! You've outdone Thryn! Thryn, what have you done to me? These dice rolls are the consequences of my disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to hand this over to everyone else first. Because <laughs> Steve described Ash as hesitating here. And maybe Ash feels like that is a quick hesitation, but it's a hesitation that gives any of you time to act as Ash reaches towards the sphere. I think I would have, like, a moment of hesitation, too. Like, the jaws of the mask open, and there's that second of hesitation. Yeah. Does anyone else take decisive action? I don't want to, like, get open into, like, a big theme or anything, but imagine if you just ate the goal. <laughs> oh, I like it. Um, I could shoot Ash. I, I, I was waiting for that, yeah. Let's no, go. No, I'm not, I'm not going to shoot Ash. Do it. I mean, I'm reckless now, but I'm not going to shoot a kid. <laughs> can I shoot Ash in the hand? You can sure try. You probably can. I'm going to use my move, a damned good. I could do a, an impossible shot. Um, and I will have to push myself to use this move, so... I will. Risky standard or desperate? Um, I think it's desperate, honestly. That's a five. So that is, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm, a serious complication occurs, you have reduced effect. I guess, before we continue, like, is everyone happy with this and where it's going? Oh, yeah, I did it. So, yeah. Is it a pistol shot you're taking? Yeah. I assume that that's the thing that's most linked to Ivar, so if that's something that comes with his spirit, yeah. if that makes sense. The shot 
strikes Ash on his hand as he hesitates. Can obviously resist if he wants to. What's the what's the the harm or what's the the effect of that? I think it's level two harm. I think it almost like pierces clean through, so like pierced. I was gonna say, what if it's something like destabilized, so it's like you can't put your hand through things, you can't grab things with that hand. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm already kind of unstable, so this making that worse makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Do you want to resist that, or do we take that? Um, I'll I'll, I'll take it. I think that's interesting. And there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm. A serious complication occurs. You have reduced effect. This is a trick shot, right? Like, your move is specifically about trick shots and things like that. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, it's about doing something... Like, it's. it says you can ricochet a bullet off of something to make mm. an impossible shot. So, yeah, it's a trick shot. So, what if the ricochet is what the consequence is here? Either you've got to shoot through Oaken, or you've got to ricochet it off the goal. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, YOLO, let's ricochet off the goal. That can't go wrong. Yeah, it, it kind of, as Ash is reaching out, like, the shot bounces off it and, like, hits him in his hand. I think it gives everyone, like, it gives Oaken for sure time to reach up. And... Oaken, do you focus on the goal or on Ash? Mm. This is so difficult because I've been very pro-protecting the goal and letting the goal do its thing. But then Thryn said, eat the goal. And now I really want to eat it. (laughs) Eating it is the ultimate protection when you think about it because then it's safe in your tummy and you can (laughs) deal with it later. Oh, it's just so cool. <laughs> Oaken going to Earlip and seeing how Breaker is now a remnant and being like, oh, that's that that was Flint's point. I should change. I should become the I goal. wish that were me. Eat the god. <laughs> Eat the god. Uh, yeah, well, I, th- there's obviously no talking Ash out of it. Mm. Like, how is Ash reacting after... He's been shot. Does it stop him? I mean, I think this is all happening very quickly. I think he's recoiling. He's just been shot in the hand from in front, so it's like knocked his hand back. Yeah. I think, Oaken, as you arrive on the platform, like you're obviously taking Ash, but you see the goal in front of you where it has been hit. There's almost like an echoing instability there like a tiny ripple in in the perfect sphere okay well if if ash fell from here would it do him a mischief or is it like you know high it's compressed so it'd be okay oh like if you pushed him off yeah i mean what happened when you fell i think you're okay Okay, because that, like, that's the thing. I would know if that fall yeah. would do harm or not. I don't think it would. So I I might kind of like gently clasp Ash on the shoulder then and like give it a squeeze 
and then pull him off the tree. And then I will gently take the gall into my jaws and eat it. Is this destructive? No. It's not destructive. It's loving. Do we think for Oaken this is a moment of fusion? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it would be in my mind when I say it's loving. Uh, it's, but it's not me taking yeah. the goal, it's yeah. me giving myself to the goal. I guess my question, actually, is does everyone else let Oaken do this? Yeah. Ezra has no horse mm. in this race at all, really. Would just really love to go back and help the Ginnels. Remember when we were just doing a revolution? Remember when we were just trying mm. to steal some weapons and find a lad in a box? Also, to an extent, I think Ezra sort of trusts Oaken's judgment on weird remnant yeah. shit. Wow, how far we've come. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think it's maybe like an unfurling, right? In the same way that like the wood formed under your feet, it, it, it kind of very quickly reverses. There's just this sense of like folding backwards towards the outside of this remnant and slamming back into the actual Winter's Lodge and, and slamming back into, for many of you, your bodies. And there are five of you stood in this room Ezra Ash Ivar, Nilcat I think Nia too although Nia probably seems less well than the rest of you Crick is still here, I think there are still other people around but there's no Oaken Ivar, did you shoot me? <sighs> It was for your own good, lad. It kind of hurts. When you got shot, that's going to hurt, isn't it? Where's... Where's Oaken? Uh, having dinner, I think. It's now the time, Ivar. Did he kill it? Did he... He's done something with it. Way beyond my knowledge. I think... I think he might have done it. I think... Maybe the jackals will help now? Ezra gives Ash a look. Enough of this jackal talk now. We've, we've got to get out there. Oh, now we've got to get out there. Yeah. We, yeah, we do. Right? Got your own problems to deal with first. We've all got problems, actually. Uh, but... Ash looks down at his hand. We'll get out there. And you need to rest, I think. I think there's, like, a spluttering cough from Crick. And and, and, and they, they speak. They're like, Nia, what's wrong with Nia? I think uh like Nilcat moves and scoops some up. I don't I don't know. Uh, someone find one of the weavers this I say still like physically unraveling. Yeah. 
Does it look the same even in your physical form, Nia? Oh, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea how unraveling appears. I mean, I think it's different every time, but very weird, I imagine. So there's probably like a degree of like bits of your spirit fading away and maybe like bits of this root. And I wonder what Oaken's like motif would be in this. The dawn, the sun, gold. Do you have any thoughts, Beck? About like what Oaken's remnant motif would be? Oh. What 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 would the other ones we add? Well like Winter's Lodge is all like roots and like trees and wood. The the, the bee was obviously like honey and Mel was like honey and stuff like that. Doya was fog, relict was like ember and like icor. Yeah, it's hard. I think you're right with the sun. Oh, the sun and teeth? Mmm. Yeah. I sort of like that. Like, there's a... What if there's, like, now, like, a sharpness to the... To the roots, to some degree? Bits of, like, the mask just embedded into it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you can see that seems to be forming around Nia. And, like, Nilka has picked some up and you can see some of it cutting into him. So he starts to lead some from the room. And I think he turns out like, someone get Crick. I'll, I'll pick Crick up. Can Ash walk on his own? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's his hand and arm that are ruined. And I think he's, even in spite of the pain, he wants to do something. He wants to move on to the next thing. She doesn't know what that is right now. <laughs> I mean, for Nilcat, it's getting near to a weaver and seeing what the state of the city is. Yeah, I think he's helping carry, maybe. I think it's... as you're rushing through the corridors, trying to find a trace of Everon or one of the other weavers of the lodge, the Boxive Dane appears in front of you. And he's flanked by a couple of armed members of the Triumphant, maybe? Zanaris alongside him, and there's maybe a couple of people up here behind you. And, like, he walks in, and it's suddenly like, what have you done to Sam? What now? We we're trying to find a weaver. Where's the rest of them? Zanaris, put them under arrest. What? What for? What? All of you are being placed under the revolutionary's custody for the assassinations of Bolef Erlkater and Cerevo McGlass and whatever this is happening here. What are you what? talking about? We have several about? witnesses who saw your accomplice. Bolef's dead. Nim, don't play coy with us. Do do I look coy to you, Boxer? What happened? I think Boxer walks up and just, like, hits you across the face. You know what happened, Ezra. Oh, Ezra's going to fight him. That's not a good look <laughs> in the current situation, but it's been a really long day. Yep. Yeah. Um, what do you do? I just go swinging. He slapped me. 
I'm very tired, I hurt very much. Boleth is dead and I'm pretty sure it's Boktiv's fault. I punch him in the face. Okay. Um, what would you like to roll? Seems like a skirmish, doesn't it? Hmm, yeah. You get less effect for being exhausted. Yep, recklessly exhausted. So this is desperate limited, I think. Makes sense. Four and a five. You punch him. And he, like, staggers back, blood bursting from his nose. Do the rest of you join in? 100%. And Ivar? I was going to ask, what is Ivar now? <laughs> I think a ghost. I think, like, a very faint ghost. You're probably still in the machines in other parts of the city. Um... Does he get involved? Does he shoot? Is is a pertinent question. Yeah, I mean, he's reckless now, but, like... I'm also trying to think whether he would just fuck off, disappear, and mm. come back to fight another day. I think there are other ghosts here. Like, I think you're probably in, like, a, a small hall in the lodge. And they've probably got you at number two to one, and some of those are ghosts. So you're saying that I wouldn't be able to sneak away? You could try. But they seem to be, like, well-prepared for, like, you lot. Almost as if they planned to do this. Yeah. So I started blasting. Who do you shoot? Let's get Boktiv. Oof. Right for it. Can I have a devil's bargain, please? <laughs> yes. Um, you take a shot and then someone manages to grab you and arrest you. I'm taking it. Okay. Um, I think this is desperate great. Because you've got your fine pistols. That's a six, baby. What do you want to do to Boktiv? Where do you shoot him? Right between the eyes. Fucking hell. Cool. Uh, yeah, like, reeling from the punch, um, this spirit shot hits him, and, like, his face just drains of colour. And he drops backwards to the to the floor. Yeah, so we're getting super arrested then. Yep, 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 yep. I think Nilcat turns around and is like, Ivar, what the fu- And, like, in that moment, like, someone just grabs him, and you feel someone grab you as well. Ash and Ezra, you're still, you're still here? You've seen those two get grabbed, and you- you feel the rest of the triumphant maybe like circling in. I mean, I'm going down swinging. I'm not having this. I'm gonna go get go get the jackals. <laughs> I'm gonna go for help. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna help. Yeah, uh, Ash Ash is convinced this is this is it. You know, this is the solution to the whole revolution is to get the jackals on the side. <laughs> so he's gonna go for help. <laughs> if I see Ash looking for a way out. Um, I will not to be screwed mm. with to try and make myself the target so that Ash can get away. Okay, how does that work? You can push yourself to cause someone to be intimidated, they might hesitate, pick a different target, lose their cool, etc. Yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you make yourself the target here? It might just be through extreme violence. <laughs> to anyone in particular? I'm probably going to go for Zanaris. Mm-hmm. They feel like a ringleader in this. What are you doing to Zanaris? I 
never filled out my load completely. I would like to have a blade or two. Thank you very much. Are these just like craft knives and similar? Uh, yeah, it's probably just like like whittling, like woodworking knives in Ezra's mm. tool belt. We're just going to grab one and, and lunge. Okay. And I hope that for going for Zanaris, all of Zanaris's lackeys will come to restrain me and Ash can get away. Like, there's probably a moment of eye contact with Ash that's very much like, I'm still really angry at you, but please get yeah. out. This is the one thing I can do for you now. Cool. So you're outnumbered. Um, so this is going to be desperate limited but you've pushed yourself so you could spend that on either getting extra dice or on put increasing your effect um the difference between limited and standard is limited is basically you get their attention standard is you hurt zanaris and like if you get up to great you'll kill zanaris um yeah i'm gonna go for standard also um this fills my stress bar again so this is very much the last mm. thing i can do for you ash <laughs> I would love a devil's bargain. Please give me a devil's bargain. Um, oh, wait, I can't because I push myself. I guess you push yourself for that effect, and then we can say you take a devil's bargain as well if you want to for the actual dice. If you really want to. Okay, I push myself for the effect, and the devil's bargain is about the stabbing. Yeah, devil's bargain is you'll be arrested and out of action. I mean, yep, yep, that sounds, that sounds right. Okay. That's a five. Okay. Um, so on a five, you do it, but as a consequence, you suffer severe harm. A serious complication occurs. You have reduced effect. Are you lunging at Zanaris? Yeah, just explosively lunging at Zanaris. Knife out, hollering, you know, you backstabbing, murderous bastard. Cool. Yeah, you reach them. Do you stab at them? Yeah, I'm like slashing for the face. I'm really, really angry. I think you catch Zanaris a couple of times before like Zanaris's group manage to like grab you and like catch you. And you feel yourself like held in place as Zanaris sort of like snarls back at you and like draws a sword and like comes to hit you back as you're like held in position. Um, and Zanaris is like, you were due this a long time ago. And I think Nilcat barrels into you and the person holding you, and Nilcat catches the blade. You're grabbed again. I think Nilcat is grabbed, and Ash, uh, do you want to see if you get away? Yes, please. <laughs> Very much so. What, what's the what's the surroundings? I think it's you're in the Winter's Lodge. So it's like a shifting place of corridors. I think you've come out into like. A slightly wider room, but not much. It's not much more than a corridor. It's like a, like a little waiting room, but it's very like high ceilinged and it's got like a very arch shape to it all the way across. Like windows high up the walls, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's say so. Um, I'm going to use Devil's Footsteps, which is I can push myself to perform a feat of athletics that verges on the superhuman. Ash is just going to sprint up a wall and go out a window. <laughs> okay. Possibly little, little kind of shimmers of shimmers of the cut below his feet as he sort of sprints up this thing. Um, actually, no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I want to get to the jackal compound. The cut is going to be much quicker than going across the sea. 
even better. Run does the running up the wall thing and just sort of dives off and looks like he's plummeting towards the the floor in, right in the middle of the room. Mm. And then just before he reaches the melee, just vanishes. Okay. Uh, desperate. Yep. Desperate standard. So I get greater effect for the superhuman. Oh no, no, I don't need to because it's, it's the cut cut chubber. I think you might for the setup role, I guess, because like S was sort of a setup. So yeah, you can have great. Uh, that's a six. Yeah, I think you get away. Like I think Ash, you manage to get away. Uh, you fall through the floor, and the last image you get as you do so is the image of the rest of the jubilant maybe being arrested. Hey Ezra, who are you writing to? I'm writing it to my mum. If I die, you know, rescuing her, then it's gonna be it's gonna be really poetic and you know super tragic and sad, which is kind of cool, right? I'm sure she'll really appreciate that. You should put that in the letter. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ivar, what about you? My letter's already ready to go, man. What do you think's on uh, Topaz's collar? Plus, uh, it takes a lot of effort to write a letter when you're a ghost. I've got your glove here somewhere, Ivar, if you... Do you know everything's a bit everywhere at the minute, but let me, hang on, let me find it for you. It's alright. Nothing's changed since the last time I wrote it. How long ago was that? Probably the last time I died, you know. But what if you want to keep people up to date? What, you know, what if new things have happened and you want to tell them about new stuff and friends you've met and, you know, that sort of stuff? You can't die twice, so... Ivar. Um, what do you can't? Again. Look, I'm a ghost. What, what are they going to do... Make me more dead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Pro probably. Sure that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, look, you, you lot worry about your own letters. Mine's fine as it is. Topaz will take it straight to Rian and it'll be all right. So does that mean if you die twice, Rian gets Topaz? Absolutely not. No matter what, Topaz is my dog. Yeah, someone will need to feed her, though, Ivar. She's all right. She'll sort herself out. I thought I could always take care of Topaz. Have you ever had a pet before? Nah, but it can't be that hard. You know, how's you, uh, how's you whistling? You know, she res responds to commands. All right. Right, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to go sit with Oaken because he is the only one who is not being properly distracted right now. 
I finished all my letters last time. I don't really... I mean, I'm writing new letters, but I'm just taking a break. There's just a lot of them. Out of curiosity, Nia, uh, how many letters have you written? It's hard to say. I think, I think I've written about 50 so far. 50? I don't think I even know 50 people. Some of them I'm writing to, like, newspapers, so, like, they have it ready to print should they need it. I truly hope that I live to see that, Nia. I can't imagine having 50, 50 people who'd care about me dying. That's, that's pretty special. You might have a different definition about care about me dying, but thank you. Alright, well on that cheerful note, Oakran, do you want some paper or something, or are you just going to slap it on your legs? Uh, yes, yes, paper for my letter that I'm going to write to my loved ones. It's not compulsory. Maybe uh, if I looked at your letter, nope. I would know. L- I mean, to... mine's not. You should have a look right. at Ivar's, probably. it's. Uh, I mean, Ivar's is... D- distinguished. Oh, but I don't really care what Eyeball's doing. Uh, Ezra, can you pass me the? Oh, oh God, I'm, oh, I'm God, sorry, stars, stars. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are, are you, are you okay? I just finished that. Oh, it's only Oaken, hours. Oaken, get the ladder. Oaken, get the ladder. Oh, it's, it's all over you. I'm so sorry. Um, here, take, take this cloth. Thank great. Okay, let's see. What does it say? What does it say? What do you have? What does Oaken have? Oh. Give me that back right oh, now. I was just drying it for you. I wasn't. I wasn't reading it. I, was, I wasn't looking with my eyes. Okay. Yes. I'm, I mean, you should probably try it. Try it out loud. Yeah, yeah. It, help, it helps the paper to dry. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I will turn this carousel around. And around, and around, and around, and around. Round and around.